What's up? Top, 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 go, my man. That's the Southwest Philly, Florida, man. Shout out to my cousin Burn. Shout out to my mom. Be away, all y'all, man. We out here, Southwest. The Southwest Philly, Florida. Honey fans, welcome to another episode of the Goal Standard, episode 61. In this episode, we have another special interview, this one with head coach Fran Dunphy. This was, you know, another great interview, and I'm sure, you know, Fran's just so down to earth. Um, Absolutely. You know, so can't wait for you guys to listen to it. You know, he's lucky to give us some time here. Um, so, you know, take a listen. Um, you won't regret it. Yep. He's a busy man and uh, we're very thankful for his time. So we dive into the roster as well as just overall um, a, a broad look at LaSalle. And uh, he provides a lot of nice, insightful words of wisdom. Yeah. Some anecdotes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's powerful. So we hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, here's head coach Fran Dunphy. We are now joined by current LaSalle head basketball coach Fran Dunphy. Fran, thanks for joining us. You got it, Rich. Good to see you guys. Good to see you, Dennis. Uh, hope that you are doing well, both of you, and that all explorers out there are doing well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we're doing well. You know, the Phillies, you know, one last night. They're moving on, so we're happy. Um, you know, just to start yes. off, uh, can you give us an overview um, of the current roster? Yeah, I got the roster right across from me on the board. Khalil Brantley doing well. Jamiro Brickus, obviously those guys will play a lot of minutes. They will lead us. Hopefully they will lead us on both ends of the court. Hopefully more on the defensive end where they don't give up much dribble penetration and they keep our big guys clean that they won't have to get in any kind of foul trouble and and when it's their time to score they will do so when it's their time to distribute it they will do so uh after that tunda valberg fasasi from sweden uh, he's doing well he's making the adjustments of coming to the states and playing he's uh, he's expected to play uh tommy gardler is one of our walk-ons and maybe the best teammate we have on, on the team wow uh and this guy, hardest worker, uh, just cares about his teammates. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, Charles Ireland's a little banged up here. Charles went to LaSalle High, but also a walk-on okay. and a pro. Uh, Rokas Joshis is doing well. Uh, I'm hoping we can get 28 to 30 minutes out of him each game. Uh, that means he's staying out of foul trouble. It means he's getting his share of rebounds offensively and defensively. He's in great position defensively. He can score. He knows how to play. He can make plays. So all that we need Rokas to have a really good year. James Joseph is another one of our walk-ons. Milos Kovacevic is a uh, Serbian who was, was two years at the, in the junior college level here, doing well, making the adjustment, learning every day. Andreas Marrero, uh, I, is going to be playing significant minutes, shooting the ball very well. 
he shoots it well. I think the next step for Andreas, Andreas is to uh, get shots. Before you can make them, you got to know how to get them. And I think he's really working hard at getting them. Uh, but we need his perimeter shooting. Lucas Mercandino from Argentina. Don't cry for me. He is uh, doing well. He's got an all-around pretty good post-up game for a guy in, at his position. Uh, he's getting better shooting the basketball-wise, and now he's got to really work at the other end of the floor. Jorge Sanchez-Ramos doing well, uh, shooting it better. I think he has more of a feel for what uh, you know playing college basketball is all about uh, after going through the process last year. Deshaun Shepard, you know, I think everybody watches Shep and says he's as good an athlete. He's a freakish athlete. It's scary, some of the stuff. that You'll see some of the stuff that he does game time, but we see it every day in the practice setting, and half these guys, like, turn their head and go, wow. <laughs> yeah. He's got that kind of athleticism. It's scary. Mm -hmm. He's getting better. He's working hard at it, and, uh, you know, he expected to play significant minutes. Uh, F.A. Tamaz is uh, our young man from Turkey. He's doing well, has uh, had a little banged up with some ankle issues, and but getting better every day. And, uh, and again, adjusting to college life and, and the uh, American way. And uh, Ryan Zan is uh, now on scholarship and That's awesome. very well. He's doing That's well. He's, he's a hard worker and he just banged his hand up the other day. Oh. So we'll probably get him back uh, next week. Okay. But he missed most of this week's practices. But he he's been he's as hard a worker as we have as well. Okay. Yeah, that that's a great little overview. Um thinking back to like last year, like what do you think of last year and the strides the team made? Like what do you think of that? I know you were saying, you know, the season flew by. Um, so you know, what do you think of last year? Um and the strides, like do you continue do you expect that to continue into this year? Well, I hope the season goes just as fast as it did last year. <laughs> Some more success, to yeah. be quite frank. I think mm -hmm. the winning the two games in the conference tournament helped us in many, many ways, but we need to win more. Yeah, and There were a number of games that we had during the course of the year that we were right there and we needed mm -hmm. to, we, could we have won 17 or 18 or 19 games? Perhaps yeah. would have, we would have needed a little bit more luck and a little bit more you know, solid play on occasion. But that's where we're hoping to get to. But it's, uh, you know, the league is difficult. I think the big five has got some really good teams in it this year. We're obviously going to play three games in, in the city with uh, Drexel here and at Temple and whoever we're going to play at the Wells Fargo on December 2. But all those will be very challenging games. Uh, you know, going to Duke will be a fantastic experience for our guys. Awesome. Going to Miami will be great. Uh, but they're these are all really good basketball teams and to say nothing of, uh, you know, Northeastern and Bucknell and Southern Indiana and Coppin and uh, Loyola and on, on and on. So uh, we need to play our best basketball and we need to do that for LaSalle university. And we really need to do it for these guys that work hard every day. I have a question. Um, so recruiting, um, how have you approached the recruiting atmosphere these days? Um, obviously, we're we're um, internationally reaching out to guys overseas and um, trying to expand our reach. 
Um, what's your philosophy on on recruiting, especially in this day and age with all these changes happening? Well, it would be great if we ha- didn't have to leave our city and we got three of the, the best players in the city every year coming to LaSalle, but we haven't had that kind of opportunity uh, in recent years. Uh, and I look at the board and, and obviously Deshaun Shepherds from Archbishop Wood and, and, uh, and Jameer Burkus is from Coatesville and, and otherwise our, our three walk, walk-ons are relatively local. Uh, however, it's, it's not been, we haven't had the, the, the best players in the city stay home or want to come to LaSalle right away. So it just has evolved that as we went about uh, trying to fill our roster, roster manager, it's a big deal these days with uh, transfer portal and NIL mm-hmm. and all those things going on. It's, it's a big deal. Uh, and you would like to have kids who are wanting to come to LaSalle. And it just so happened that a lot of these uh, international kids are happy to get the opportunity and say, yeah, uh, 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 I'm loving coming. And uh, would I like it to be more domestic kids and, specifically Philadelphia kids. Yeah, sure. Why not? Why wouldn't I? And, you know, I read something where Adam Fisher at Temple the other day said, you know, we got to win our backyard. Well, we all do the same thing. We all recruit the same guys. We all talk to them. We all talk to the coaches and the AAU guys. And, you know, it's just, uh, we need to get as good a kid as we can, as as low a maintenance guy as we can. And as, uh, you know, guys going to do, be able to, uh, who who wants to do the work academically and, and and we're going to give them a great opportunity to play and participate and play a pretty high level college basketball the Atlantic 10 is terrifically on top of all that yeah um i know you gave us you know to start you gave us a new review of the roster um out of the guys who haven't played or played smaller roles you know outside of you know Brickus and Brantley like who do you expect a lot of, out of the season yeah, I, I think I, I pretty much said it when I ran down the roster. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, you know, the the, the Shepherds and the Mercandinos and the okay. Guerreros and the, uh, Anwar Gill was, I don't know if you mentioned him or not, but Anwar, he's playing well, doing okay. a really good job. He's doing everything he needs to do. And he he's, I don't know if you, you guys watched a lot of Penn State last year, but the kid Pinkett, he was tremendous, and uh, okay, he's and he's excellent. Kinds of of uh, those kind of skills, you know, with the ball, and he, he he's strong as an ox. I yell at him every day about how strong <laughs> he is, and get that rebound and keep yeah. keep hold of it, and finish that three point play and things like that. So, but he's playing well. He's doing well. those things are happening for him. But uh, you know, there's it's hard to play a lot of guys. It's, it's mm-hmm hard to play more than eight or nine. And uh, so we're, we're going to be that deep. I think I feel really good about all that. Uh, but, you know, again, Marrero, take him as an example. He's expected to play and play a lot, make shots. But as we talk about every day with him is, you know, he's going to be in the opposing team's uh, whiteboard before the game, you know, and yeah. don't get an open shot. They're not letting them get that. So now yeah. he's got a shot. They go by, make a play, run off 11 screens, uh, watch film of J.J. Redick and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Lee Thompson. <clears throat> they do. They don't ever stop moving, and he can never stop moving. He's got to hunt shots. So it's those kinds 
kinds of things. And everybody on the squad has those kinds of requirements in order for him to be as solid a player as we need them to be. Okay. Um, what I know there's a, you know, I feel like nowadays in college basketball, you know, the analytics is huge. Like what analytical site data does the staff review most? Do they, you know, look at, you know, Ken Palm, Bartorovic, some of these sites, do the, do, do, your, do your staff look at that? Yeah, we look at everything, you know. Uh, so when we add a couple of our own, like one of our stats is offensive rebounds attempted. Okay. Ooh, I like that. You, can get, you need to attempt to get them. So if you're standing there on the weak side and somebody shoots a jumper on the other side of the floor, if you stand there and, and kind of watch, well, then yeah. you're probably not doing the right thing. Yeah, Your anticipation, the the only, uh, the, there's only one guy thinking make on our team when they shoot. That's the shooter. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is thinking what happens if we miss, uh, where's the ball coming off the glass. Can I get our, our team, another rebound, another possession. So all those things, we study those, we study the you know the pace of our opponent. How many possessions are they going to get a game? Mm-hmm. What is our possession uh, like? What are our possessions like? How successful are? What are, what are the number of turnovers and, and the the live ball turnovers? How hard, horrible are they for us to overcome? Uh, so yeah, we're we're always looking at that three point shooting percentage. Let's say uh, we'll take. Deshaun Shepard, as an example, has an open jumper at the top of the key, but he's got Andreas Marrero to his left, even more open than he. Well, then that the analytics tell us swing it one more pass, let Andreas shoot it, and we're probably going to be more successful. With that, Shep is also asked to work harder at his three-point shooting pre-practice, post-practice, mm-hmm. during the course of the day or at 10 o'clock at night when these guys sneak in here and shoot some shots. You know, start working on that. Be thinking about the game. Thinking about who's guarding you. Thinking that you got to run them. You got to shot fake them and get in the gap and play five on four basketball. Some of those things that are mm-hmm. to all of us. But we study as much stuff as we can. Obviously, the staff is uh, much brighter and, and uh, more intelligent than I, so that they they study it and come back with a. They put it in the scouting reports. Put it in into what we want, how we want to approach the next team. Things of that nature. Okay. No, that's great. Yeah. That's good to know. I like that a lot. Um, I'm going to ask a question about just a typical practice day, taking a, you know, zooming out and just saying, what, what do you guys do on a typical practice day? What does it look like? Um, and then like what, what an off day looks like and then what a game day looks like. So what, what's your schedule like? Well, these days where uh, when you are 42 days out from your first game, which in our case is Drexel and, on November 7th. So I think it that meant that we were our first full week of practice to where we can go up to 20 hours uh, was September 26th, I think, something like that. Okay. Uh, so we're, but with those 42 days, you must take off 12 of them. So we're uh, typically each, each week, we're off Sunday, off Wednesday, practicing Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, off those two days, which is good. I, I think very seldom are our teams using 20 hours on the court practice time per week. That's a long time. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's in five days of practice. That's four hours a day. That's in all honesty, it's probably too much. We are. Uh, I've I've always been one of those guys that thought that you know, in my younger days when I was much less secure 
we had to be out there two and a half hours early on because that's, of course, we didn't have summer practices or spring practices or fall practices. So we, we needed those two and a half hours. Sometimes that would stretch to 245. And on those occasions, it would get the three hours. I'm not so sure wow. that's the best use of yeah. our player. So we're we're trying to hold to a 145 to two-hour practices, get them in, get them out, do your work. <laughs> We've gotten a lot of work done in the postseason, in the spring. Over the summer, you're allowed eight weeks. We didn't use all eight weeks, but you're allowed those four hours a week, which doesn't sound like much, but it's really critical. You get a chance to see their face, what kind of mood they're in, how their light is going. Those are all critical pieces to what coaches do. Uh, game day is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. You, these guys go to class and they grab lunch and then we have a pregame meal of sorts. And although the, I think that's, uh, in many ways overrated, uh, I'll give you a quick story. When I coached here, uh, my first time, uh, with lefty Irvin in 1979 and 80, uh, there was a guy named Jim Mo Conley who would sneak up, we were playing the games in a plaster in those days and, he would sneak up or have somebody sneak up, grab him a couple of hot dogs right before the game, mustard, relish, whatever it takes. And uh, he would go out and get 20 and 10. So you tell me how important those pregame yeah. are. <laughs> but we play the game. We That's funny. Salmon and then some beef and some salad and some yeah. green, all that. We, That's you know, we eating well. I'm not so sure game day is the most important. I mean, they, some yeah. guys are nervous. Guys mm -hmm. don't want to eat. Uh, but as long as you arrive and you you are performing on that day, it's it's uh, what we do. Uh, and then you, you know, four hours before the game, you're doing that. And then these, some of these guys like to get up there early and get a lot of shots in. Some others are listening to music. I mean, everybody's got their own way of preparing. And yeah. Uh, so our job as coaches is to get inside their head a little bit and find out what makes them most comfortable and and go with that. It's a very individual thing. Give them a lot of freedom that way. Uh, again, practices are during the week are hour 45 to two hours. Sometimes it'll, it'll stretch a little bit more, but not a lot. Uh, and then just, you know, worry about them going to school and mm -hmm. getting the, the proper rest and eating well and all those things. But it's, uh, it's all encompassing. That's why you need a good staff and, and our guys do a really good job of, of making sure our kids are well well thought well thought of and that they are thinking good thoughts about others as well being the best teammate you can be on an everyday basis too is sacrifice for your team yeah i have i have another i have like kind of one i just thought of what would you say is your favorite part of being a head coach is it everything is it practice is it the end game is it kind of being a mentor to these guys and like what's your favorite part or is it kind of like just everything everything about it that you know it keeps you you know yeah i think it's a, a real good question and i think it's different for every guy i've, I've heard a lot of people say to me they love practices mm -hmm. uh, but i i sort of i guess if I, you were asking me my mm -hmm. specific opinion on that i, exactly. I love the the competition is just right. awesome. Uh, do I like it when we run a play at practice and it comes together? And yeah, it's great, but you need a little bit of cooperation by the other team in this case for everything to work well. Uh, but like I'll be nervous as a cat throughout the day. And then when it comes time for the ball to go up, then the nervousness goes away and you just 
you're focused on that every possession. You know, yeah. Are we doing the right things? And, you know, what kind of substitution shall we have? What, what shall we change the defense? Mm-hmm. Shall we, uh, you know, uh, make sure we're, shall we play at a faster pace? And then, you know, the, all those decisions that are out there, but I think you, you, you hit on it. Everybody has different ways of enjoying the job. And then, the, the probably the most enjoyment is if you're in it long enough that those guys that played for you come back and they bring their children and uh, that's awesome that says a lot those things are are really neat and uh hmm. i just had uh you know my brother passed away a couple months ago and sorry all of these my team you know and uh, i'm sure the coaches had something to do with it but at the same time they they sent my me and my wife a video it was really pretty cool oh, just awesome. think of and uh yeah, so it's that kind of thing. And a number of them came to the service. And <clears throat> so those things are important mm-hmm. for all of us. And uh, for me, I had a bunch of my former Temple guys, a bunch of my former Penn guys came back. And, uh, you know, and, and reality is, is I got, uh, since my days at LaSalle, starting in 1966, I've, uh, a lot of my friends, my closest friends are guys that I met in college or played with or whatever. I just had one of my good buddies that was on the team for us in 1968, 69. And uh, he had sent me a nice mask card for my brother and things like that are critical yep. to mm-hmm. Goes a long way. relationships and, and they're lifelong and, uh, and they're important. They're really important. And you're constantly badgering your guys to appreciate those guys that are standing next to you, be the best teammate you can be. And the better we do, the closer they become. Wow. Winning teams stay together forever. And I, I tell them stories like <laughs> Fred Shiro of the Philadelphia Flyers before the seventh game of the Stanley Cup walks into the locker room and writes on the board, win today and we walk together forever. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's what those Flyers did. All those mm-hmm. guys are still in Philadelphia. And uh, it's it's a beautiful thing to watch. Like the Jimmy Rollins, mm-hmm. uh, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard teams, uh, you know, those guys are great. They're always, mm-hmm. they're, they're on the same team forever. And not just while they're playing in Philadelphia, they're always on the same team. And that's what you want for these guys to appreciate being a college athlete. I'm not sure there's a better thing in life than being on a team. And you, no. you guys are on teams, you're on teams with your mm-hmm. families, you know, you got, everybody's got a role. Let's mm-hmm. perform that role and let's get along and let's do the best that we can. Absolutely. Well, those are, that's really insightful. Yeah, that's great, that's great stuff. <laughs> um, so I wanted to shift gears to some more general questions, Rich. Um, I was going to ask, uh, just what's your favorite spot on campus that's not the arena? So when you're on LaSalle's campus, where, where else do you like to be that's not at the arena? Yeah, I'm, in, when the weather's nice and we've had a number of good days in recent weeks here, and I just like to walk around, you know, reflect a little bit, go over to the center of campus, uh, stop in to stop in to see some people in the offices and just kind of, you know, appreciate LaSalle and what it, what it has. And, uh, and we can always talk about the fact that we don't have a lot of sizzle, but I think we have a great deal of substance. I think there's really good people here. And that, that's why people should go to LaSalle. If you're looking for, again, a, a sizzly kind of atmosphere and beautiful buildings and, you know, a, a great arena, uh, you know, we're going to have a better arena in another year, but that's not the reason why you come. You come because when you get here, if somebody puts their arms around you and welcomes you to the family and 
and tries to take care of you the best way that they can. If you're struggling a little bit in school, well, that's what we got to have. That's what we offer. Uh, let, let's sit down and talk about this thing. And, and uh, on a personal note, if you're having issues, there's people here that will care very much for you. And that's why you go to them. So. And that's why I went because they cared about me back in 1966 and have been doing so ever since. And so, uh, I don't, you know, again, we don't have a lot uh, in terms of the sizzle piece, but we got great, great people and let's take advantage of it. Absolutely. Um, what do you think of a new big five tournament um, at the Wells Fargo Center? Yeah, I think I've always been a guy that likes to try things. Mm -hmm. Let's try it. We've tried similar things, by the way. We've had triple headers at the Palestra. And, and you know, the, the average fan would say, oh, it's going to be packed for three games. Well, the reality is the Villanova people wanted to watch the Villanova guys. Temple people watch the Temple guys. Yeah. Yeah. People watch the Little Salad guys. It's just the way it is. You know, so it, it's worth a try. Uh, Comcast Spectacore is doing a good job of bringing it together. Uh, we'll see what is, uh, NBC 10 and uh, Comcast Sportsnet Sports uh, will, will do for us as well. It's it's worth a try. Uh, it's, a, it's a great arena and it's where the pros play. And so the kids will be excited by it. I don't know how many people will sit through three games. Uh, when I, when I was a kid, I probably wouldn't have loved every second of it, but yeah. I, I don't know how many young people today have that kind of mentality. But when you're a kid, when I was growing up, you rooted for all the big five teams uh, and now Drexel's in as well. And I'm, I'm grateful for that because when I was uh, coaching at Penn, Eddie Burke was the coach at Drexel and he's a LaSalle guy. So he was a senior when I was a freshman and he would say to me, we'd love to be in the big five. And the reality is I was just lucky enough to be at a big five school coaching at Penn. I could have just as easily been the coach at Drexel and I would have liked someone to pay attention to us. Why didn't we? And the re only reason why Drexel wasn't in is because when the big five was formed, Drexel was a division two uh, athletic. Program. That's the only reason. Otherwise they would have, my guess is the, the powers to be at that time would have included Drexel in on the bringing together. Yeah. So, but mentioned... worth let's see, see what happens. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. Let's let's see what happens. Um, you mentioned the Big Five. Uh, out of the teams, like outside of St. Joe's, obviously that's what we would consider our, our rival. Um, if we look at the A10 and and the conference as a whole, who do you look forward to facing the most? Or are you guys just taking it one game at a time, and you you don't really have uh, a check marker, an X on a certain opponent? Well, obviously, because we're playing St. Joe's and they're in our city twice a year, that those are big, big games. And uh, the other teams will play twice or the same as we played last year, Rhode Island, uh, UMass, and GW. So uh, you'll have a little bit more knowledge of them. But, yeah, I would agree with your first uh, your first observation, Dennis. We, uh, you know, it's game to game. Like, the only thing in my mind right now is Drexel and how, how can we – play better than we did last year and Brantley didn't play against them last year. I think it meant something to our, to us at that point. Uh, they got a nice team. They got everybody coming back and they beat us in overtime. And I, I don't want that to happen. I want us to prevail this year and how are we going to make that happen? And we're that's, and then as soon as that game's over, you get, you're, you know, we're pointing our thoughts to Northeastern. And 
the season is going to go fast enough. We, mm -hmm. we need to slow down a little bit and really concentrate on the, the task at hand. Um, earlier, you mentioned about the arena project. You know, how important was it to get it finalized, this new arena? Yeah, I mean, as a guy who's been around the program a lot, but not, you know, obviously I wasn't in the program, but I was around it. Uh, you know, I always always wanted LaSalle to be the best that it could be. And this is one of those ways that we can try to be better. Uh, are we going to have a 12,000 seat arena with uh, you know, 11, eight there every night? No, it's, it's going to be a, a place that's better than it is today. And, and, and we want to see it be well. And I'm grateful to the, to the Glazer family and grateful to the Gola family, uh, to the way that they all brought this together to the powers to be at LaSalle, how they, they brought all this together. And hopefully the beneficiaries are the students who come to the games and the fans and the alums who come to the games and the faculty and staff, and most importantly, the players who are on our team right now, that they enjoy being here. And, you know, especially after all the stuff we've gone through with the Phillies and talking about home field advantage mm -hmm. and all that, yeah, you know, obviously have great fans in Philly and we have great fans here at LaSalle and, it's our job as coaches to give them uh, as good a product as we can. We got to play well. And that means, you know, we we're in the right spots defensively and we share the basketball and tough driving the ball to the rim. And we finish our three point plays and make foul shots and don't turn it over. And so it's that kind of thing that we talk about incessantly every day. Absolutely. We have a, uh, a funny um, remark we wanted to make. So Rich and I have been on a few road trips to see you the team funny? play. Are you, are you funny? <laughs> I was years ago, if you're funny, be funny. But if you're not, no. but I'm anxious to hear this funny thing. <laughs> well, it, I guess it's not so funny. It's not funny. We're, we're over three on our road trips last year. So are we allowed to yeah, come on more road trips with you? You are, but let's let's uh, let's see how you can do a better job of getting us over the hump, will you? <laughs> That's your job now. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what? The, the thing, first of all, if you're friends with Salazar, then you're friends with me because she's the best. We love Beth. And, we love Beth. Yeah, she's yeah. just good people. And uh, yeah, I mean, we we want as many people as we can rooting for the Explorers wherever it is. So you're more than yeah. welcome. And uh, Hope I give you the time that you deserve. And if I can't give it to you, then our staff will or our mm -hmm. players will. And the fact that you're doing what you're doing is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I, I thank you for that. Because you care. You care yeah. about LaSalle. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what we need. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, coach. Um so I don't know. Do you have any more to ask? I have one more I want to ask. No, yeah, I, I think this has been a really great uh, yeah, interview. Yeah, thank you so you, much Coach. for your time. This was this was great. Yeah. Um. Ultimately, what do you want your legacy to be known at LaSalle? I know I feel like it's you know not, not really too much about yourself. But you're I feel like about what's best for LaSalle, but what do you want your legacy to be known as at LaSalle? You guys are sports fans, right? Mm -hmm. Of course. Archie Manning. 
you know, Archie Manning is. He's the father mm -hmm. of Peyton and Eli, and mm -hmm. the other brother's name is. Uh, in any event, he they asked him that question. I saw that that video in the, a number of weeks back, and uh, he said, "I just want to be remembered as a good guy. That's all. That's all I need. Just was I good to to enough people? If I was a knucklehead, did somebody have to tell me that? And uh, I'm sure I have been over my course of my lifetime but just you know care about people care about others uh what i like to be known as a good basketball coach of course you know mm -hmm. i like my players to like me all the time yeah it'd be nice if they did but i, I would like them re to respect the work that i do and the thoughts that i have and the and the way i treat others that's what i i hope i do a good job of that and, uh, and if i'm not doing it anybody's welcome to say yo knucklehead what are you doing <laughs> but yeah, that's all. You know, I, I want to do a good job for my alma mater. They they came to me and asked me to do this. Uh, I want to do the best job that I can for my school. But the, the reality is the people that are most important in all of this are those 15 guys that I talked to you about when we first got on. Yeah. Those are your sons. That's mm -hmm. what they're they're doing here. And I that doesn't mean that I, you know, I, I tell them I love them every single minute of every day. Yeah. Listen, we got work. You got work to do in school. You got work to do in the, on the court. You got work to do in the community. Let's get it done. And uh, let's be respectful of everybody else that we come across. And God knows we need respect for each other, uh, whether we're in Philadelphia here or around the globe. Let's just respect each other. And I just hate to see people suffer. Yeah. Just want everybody to be satisfied you don't have to be happy 24 hours a day but you, you got to be satisfied with who you are as a person and uh, and how you again how you treat others has a lot to do with your own individual happiness it's not life is not about you it's about everybody else who is around you and so we're constantly reminding our guys about being the best teammates they could be enjoy the hell out of the experiences that we have you know, for, for our guys this year specifically, we're going down to the Wells Fargo and we're going to Duke and we're going to Miami and we're going That's to awesome. some real places and hard places to play when we get to the league. So enjoy it. Enjoy the experience and do your best. And if you do your best, you, when you walk away, you've, you've given everything you can for your school, for your family, for your, most of all yourself, but get it done. Let's get it done. Absolutely. Well, that's this is, well said. Well said. Any, any other questions, Dennis? No, this has been an incredible conversation yeah, this is with great. you, Coach. We really appreciate your time. Uh, I hope that you're able to have this, maximize your time with the team. And and uh, so, obviously, thank you for stepping aside and talking with us. Um, and I hope that these next few weeks, you know, fly by, but you're able to cherish the moments and develop as a team. Yeah, yeah thank I you so appreciate much, Coach. it very much. Thanks for what you do. Thanks for your care for LaSalle. Yeah, always. <laughs> All righty. Talk All right, to you later, for Coach. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. That does it for this episode of The Goal is Standard. Make sure you guys are uh, subscribing, uh, sharing with friends. Um, check us out on Twitter, as always, at The Goal is Standard. Um, we try to be your voice. So if you have any questions, any other thoughts you want us to pass along on our podcast episodes, Please send them along. You can DM us, comment, however you want to do it. We're here for you. We want to be your voice at, at, at Explore Nation. So um, as always, thanks for listening. And Rich, 
it's a great day to be an explorer. Fight on.